you know what I think every time I watch this movie is have you ever seen the Kevin Hart Shark Tank skit on SNL? Yes. Where he, where he shows a- up and all he keeps calling them shorks. Yeah. He's like, he's like all right, great. listen up, shorks. <laughs> and so every time I watch this movie, all I think is, oh, she's gonna take down that short. <laughs> <laughs> Family Movie Night Podcast, where we want to help your family have better conversations around the content you consume. Uh, This is episode 41, and uh, today we are going to be talking about a great movie called The Shallows. But before we get into that, I want to talk to my wonderful co-hosts who are joining me, as always, the hero of our podcast, Donnie Dorsey. Donnie, you ready to get into the water with this short I mean, you know, I'm not going to be the first person to jump in the water, but I'm definitely ready to go in the water. Y'all might just have to uh, go first. You would, you would, but I mean, you're the hero, so you'd come in to rescue somebody if they needed help. Yeah, I mean, of course I'm going to come rescue you, but I mean, I'm going to let you figure out, you know, go through your learning experience, go through the, the tribulations right. of it. <laughs> That's right. You, I, we've got to learn our lesson. We got exactly. to learn our moral first. That's yeah, right. I can't just come in and save you. How are you going to learn your lesson so you can use it in your everyday life? That's right. Donnie is such a dad. You got yourself into the mess with this shark. You got <laughs> to get yourself out. All right. And then, of course, the villain of our podcast, Sawyer Hewlett, which I know you want to be the villainous shark. But you're no, not. I, I am. Nope. You're not nope. taking this from me. Nope. Okay. This <laughs> nope. is the coolest villain we've done yet. I'm nope. the shark. Okay. Nope. You are the drunk man passed out <laughs> right. on the beach <laughs> who decides to steal her phone from her right. and then gets ripped in half at one yeah. point. One point in in at the, in this movie, my daughters looked and went, "Why is he crawling like that?" Oh no! <laughs> Where you can see his body separated. It's pretty gruesome. This movie's a pretty, uh, I'd say, pretty hard PG thirteen. Yeah, so. this is this is for your teenagers. That's uh, right, or my children. Unless your faith in Corinne and destiny in heaven, you're you're probably you're probably uh, not quite in the league. <laughs> oh, Abel watched this movie. Oh, Abel awesome. was yeah, it was it was a little strange. He came in and I was like, "But is this scary for you?" And he's like, "No." I was that's like, right. okay, that's disturbing, but okay, yeah. we'll, we'll go with it. <laughs> that's a whole no. other conversation later. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. He's like, I really admire this shork. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's got he's got lots of he's he hey, he's got perseverance. He's sticking yeah. to it. Exactly. He's not letting this lady go. All right. And of course, that was the mom of our podcast, Heidi Cooper. Heidi, how are you doing today? I am good. And I would be right there on the shore. Yelling directions to you guys, just saying like, "Hey, listen." <laughs> Very mom esque. When you get out, you're going to be in so much trouble. <laughs> Confusing the situation more than helping. Swim, swim, swim. No, what do you think I'm doing, doing mom? <laughs> Don't swim like that. Don't swim like that. Turn. That shark is right <laughs> behind you. Keep going. 
All right. Well, very good. Uh, so those are all, of course, very oblique references to the fact that today we are talking about the 2016 film, uh, The Shallows, which if you don't know what it's about, it is about uh, a medical student, Nancy Adams, who is still reeling from the loss of her mother. And she travels to a secluded beach, which is always a good idea. It just if ever you want to go off and just it, it secluded beach is not the place to go. Uh, but she's going for much-needed solace. Despite the danger of surfing alone, Nancy decides to soak up the sun just like Cheryl Crow and hit the waves. Suddenly, a great white shark attacks, forcing her to swim to a giant uh, rock for safety, left injured and stranded 200 yards from shore. The frightened young woman must fight for her life as the deadly predator circles her in its feeding ground uh but before we get to talking about this movie donnie dorsey why don't you tell them what it is we do on this podcast yeah so on this podcast we encourage every family at community christian church to have a monthly movie night to help you and your children build memories start conversations that matter the goal of our family ministry is to help you raise your children to love jesus and his way of life above all other things and we know that critical to that is for you to have a routine regular time of connection and shared experiences that help you build stronger relationships. And, uh, you know, movie nights are are just great opportunities to do that because uh, movies are, you know, they're not just an easy way to share laughter and joy, and especially in today's case, you know, fear and sadness in a safe environment. But uh, they also give us a chance to talk about what matters in ways that are meaningful and memorable. And uh, on this podcast, we want to not only recommend some movies, you can watch on your monthly movie night, but uh, give you some ideas for meaningful conversations you can have with your kids uh, during or after the movie. Oh, boy. A lot happened there. Okay, here's what I love. I'm going to leave this in for the sake of perseverance. <laughs> Heidi realized she was muted, went to unmute herself, instead turned off her camera, then unmuted herself. <laughs> It takes a lot of perseverance to hang with you guys. That's right. That's, that's how we're gonna. That's how we're gonna deal with it today. I just wanted to let the audio podcast listeners know why everyone is losing their minds. It's because Heidi uh, is the mom of this podcast. Does not understand how technology malfunctioning. Works. Yeah. Okay. Pick it up from there, okay. Heidi. So now that you can hear and see me, as always, the point of this podcast is not to add one more thing to your parental to-do list um, that you feel guilty about not doing, um, but we want to just make it easier for you and your kids to enjoy being together uh, so that you can build memories and have conversations that matter. So through our conversation today, remember that we want to have fun and help you think through simple and easy ways to share your love of Jesus with your kiddos. And I think this movie is a really good opportunity to do that because this is another one that helps us to see what life in the kingdom looks like. And it's not a giant shark attacking you. Uh, that would be a terrifying life of the kingdom. But the idea, and we're going to talk about this when we get to themes, uh, but teaching our children uh, the value of perseverance, uh, the the value of sticking with difficult things, pushing through uh, trials and discomfort and even pain to get to something that matters more. Uh, and that obviously is life with Jesus. And uh, so this is a good example to talk about that. But before we get to the themes of this movie, I just want to talk about why this is a good movie to build memories with your kids. And I mean that. I actually think it is. I think in some ways, comedies, uh, you know, laughter is a good way to build memory. But I think 
this kind of movie, which I don't know that I would call it a horror movie, because uh, it certainly is not like a, a slasher or a paranormal kind of movie. Um, I call these movies, what would you do movies? Uh, these are the kind of movies I remember I used to do um, a high school group that had juniors and seniors. This is a movie we would watch a lot. And these are the kind of movies we would watch a lot. Like imagine it's a movie that asks you to imagine yourself in a situation. How would you handle it? You know, this is a situation. How are you going to handle it? And I think these kind of movies lead to great conversations. Uh, but I think they're also a lot of fun. So let's go ahead and start um, with the uh, drunken man on the beach, the <laughs> villain of our podcast, Sawyer Hewlett. Uh, what is it that you in your uh, stupor uh, find to be uh, enjoyable about this movie? Um, I, I find a lot to enjoy out of this movie. I saw this back in theaters um, right before we were recording or maybe after. I can't even remember. I'm still waking up. But uh, I, I was one of like, three or four people in the theater, me and a, me and two friends of mine, uh, and maybe one other, you know, couple or whatever that was on a date or something like that. We were, we were the only people in the theater on opening weekend. And, uh, and it was just a really fun movie. That was what I thought when I walked out of it. I was like, geez, that was surprisingly fun. Um, I was, I was, uh, I was kind of just t taken aback. I was like, cause like, just being honest, shark movies, not named Jaws, and specifically the first one, are in general not good. Um, okay, so this is some this is some serious open water uh, slander here that I can't deal with. Uh, okay, I or open water too. I I like the first open water, and I like um, oh goodness, what's it called with Samuel Deep Blue Jackson. Sea? Deep Blue Sea. Come I on, like Deep Blue Sea. Yes, I like Deep Blue Sea, but again, in general. They're not great. And uh, this one really, um, I feel like it captured kind of the vibe of Jaws, where similarly to Jaws, kind of what you were saying, Nathan, you kind of are like just placed into this point of view of this character who has to deal with a shark. And mm -hmm. uh, and it is at moments uh, blood pumping. Like you're, you're, there are moments in this movie where your blood pressure is like really high. Um, and uh, and I'm sure we'll get into those all those kinds of moments, but um, I think it also has a heart that uh, again comparing it to Jaws, you know, Jaws. One thing that makes Jaws unique is kind of that it has a heart. This is very much a a modern box checking of Jaws. You know, it it's got an emotional backbone and it has a scary shark. So that that's all you need to please me for a shark movie, really. Um, so. I I just have to say, forty seven meters down, pretty no. darn good movie. No, forty seven meters down is not a good movie, especially in comparison to The Shallows. No way. I would take Deep Blue Sea. I would take The Meg over forty seven meters down. Okay, I was also going to mention The Meg, also a fantastic movie. No, yes, it's an okay movie. Okay, the, the, the Jason Me Statham is a great actor. I love me some Jason Statham, and that I love is the weirdest shark. statement I think you've but. ever made. <laughs> Jason Statham. A great actor. <laughs> all right. Well, we'll take it from there. Once again, Sawyer and I cannot agree, but that's all right because Donnie Dorsey, the hero of our podcast, going to bring us together here uh, in unity. Donnie, what'd you think of this movie? I thought it was, I mean, I think it checked all the boxes of what you would think of a, like a suspense movie. I think it's more suspense than it is yeah. um, horror. I think the the horror is the, 
the tension of things and then seeing the outcome and result of the the shark uh deciding what it wanted to do like because uh but i enjoyed it but i i'm not gonna lie there was a moment where i was like um when i didn't see the dolphins come back i was like i feel like the dolphins represented me a little bit i was like <laughs> i tell you that there was danger but then i'm gonna keep going like That's i'm gonna right. let you know i'm like i'm like hey there's a shark you should keep moving stop 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 doing what you're doing yeah. all right you're not gonna go okay we're leaving <laughs> I feel like I'm the bloated dead whale out here. <laughs> that causes all the problems. <laughs> Very good. Yeah. All right. Heidi Cooper, the mom of our podcast, uh, watching this with your what three-year-old, four-year-old? Three-year-old, yes. Three-year-old. Yeah, three-year-old. Okay. How did how did this uh how did this movie work for you? Um, so I'll be honest, I was like from the beginning, as a mom, probably, I was like, do not, why are you in the car with somebody you don't know? Yeah, why already. are you just talking oh, to him? Yeah. Where this, is your friend that came on this trip with you? No, you're in a this is all country where you don't speak the language. Your bad. friend is passed out, drunk, mm-hmm. maybe hooking up with a strange man, and yeah. you decided to go get in a car with someone you don't know. That was already good conversations I can have with my kids. Is, don't don't do this. Go to a location <laughs> that no one will tell you the name of it. I'm like, yeah. wait, the, the there's clubs that maybe yeah, that's what you want, but no, definitely not islands in. Mexico. God has a great five G <laughs> connection. No yeah. one goes there. No one has any reason to get that. But you can FaceTime yes, exactly. with your dad at any point. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So, yeah. So, uh, but yeah, I think um, just seeing how like she got through, you know, and just kept on like, I, like I said, if it was me, I would have been like, how many days can I survive on this scrawny bird? send him to the shark you know obviously i don't know donnie your plan trying to figure out how to fry some yeah, fry some bird he was out there. real hungry he was real hungry but yeah i'd be like, I'd be like, like i was salt, wondering yeah just the watching salt the water hurt, preserves mm-hmm. it yeah I'm, I'm telling you i would have been resourceful but then i'd been like nope just take me lord just take me <laughs> <laughs> i would not be swimming to the would not be doing the stopwatch or recording any videos nope no nah, be on that whole it's the big one, Lord. It's the yeah. big one. It's the big one. <laughs> so, yeah, I put me, also... Put me like the whale, God. Just, just <laughs> let me be like the whale. <laughs> That's right. Be the whale. See the whale. <laughs> yeah, so I agree. I think this movie is um, a lot of fun in that uh, it is very suspenseful. I think my, my girls kept talking about just how, like, freaked out they were the whole movie of like oh my goodness she's gonna get you know eaten all this kind of stuff at one point one of my girls go why did you say this was a fun movie because <laughs> they were just so intense they were just fun is a weird word to to describe it nathan i'm not gonna be <laughs> yeah <lying. laughs> this is fun girls it's fun like a roller coaster yeah. you think yeah. you think with this goes off the tracks <laughs> a roller coaster with dead mommies as well yeah like- so there you go Oh my god! So it's a it's a lot of I think it's I think it's a good movie I think uh, and I think for the themes uh, especially you know if you're talking to teenagers I think uh, primarily who's probably going to watch this because there is um, I wouldn't say a lot of gore but there you know she gets injured at one point she gets bitten by um, the shark and there is I know a lot of people are kind of squeamish around blood uh, one of my daughters is a little squeamish around blood um, and so there's that there is certainly at one point I'll just say this. Spoiler alert, there is a man who gets kind of eaten, not eaten. He somehow gets ripped in half. I couldn't figure out how that happened. 
I guess the shark kind of went at him sideways, like T-boned him and just got the <laughs> middle portions. I don't know how that happened, but um, yeah, there's a fair amount of gore, but none of it is on screen long enough to be considered like an R rating. Um, and it, I would describe it as gruesome. Okay. The thing. It, yeah. I, I, like, cause like when she's, I, I don't know if we, again, if we mentioned it on air yet, but like when there's a part where she's stitching herself up, that part is like, that is kind yeah, of it's, like, it's a tough lot. to watch. Yeah, it's yeah. tough to watch. Uh, but once again, my girls watched it and uh, have had minimal amounts of trauma from it. So, uh, so anyway, no, very, uh, they, they, they're they, already they, sleeping again through the That's night. right. That's right. <laughs> Six weeks later, they're doing good. They're like, Daddy, we, we should go uh, to the ocean and see the sharks. You're like, No, honey, no, 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 yeah. not today. <laughs> no, but honestly, seriously, my girls, and this is a movie they actually still talk about still, which I, I think when, when we talk about building memories, um, you know, when you have these kind of experiences, you're able to kind of talk about those things. And so anyway, I think this is a good movie, but particularly for the themes. So we're going to get into that right now. And this movie, uh, really the theme behind it is what I've already said. It's about perseverance. It's about pushing through difficulty. It's about pushing through pain at times, pushing through fear uh, to get to, in this sense, to survive. Uh, and to really get to a better life. So I'm going to give a little bit more details of the movie um, to get us into this conversation, and then I just want us to talk about this. So um, uh, Blake Lively, who we didn't even mention that, Blake Lively is great in this. Um, I think she is a an actress who at least most of my life, and it probably is because of uh, being in Gossip Girl, so I didn't really watch that. I remember kind of thinking of her as like, oh, She's more famous because of her looks, and it's not a, a talent thing. But I have seen her in so many films. I think she's insanely talented. Uh, yeah, she's so underrated. A lot yeah, of times. so good. If you haven't watched, if you're a fan of romance movies, uh, there's this movie called Age of Adeline, which is this weird uh, kind of. Oh, so Heidi, Heidi just it, literally yes. made a face oh. as if she ate the first bite of a cheesecake. She went, oh, oh, oh my gosh, that movie's. I love it. Yeah, yeah. It, it's a good like, uh, it's a good like, like Gatsby esque. Yes, and like not phoned yeah. in performance from Harrison Ford. So yeah. much of late in life, Harrison Ford performances are just him kind of walking through. This it's a really just a very good performance from him. Anyway, if you're a fan of romance movies, I can't wait to watch it with my kids. You're I muted, Johnny. I said, why? Why does uh, Sawyer look like he stubbed his toe, but Heidi looked like she ate a, a bite of cheesecake? I, I, it does well, that was matter. a really good that was a very accurate description of my face at the moment yes it was cheesecake yes. <laughs> that's very good I'm guessing Sawyer you either haven't seen it because it was a romance movie or you did and you did not enjoy it I, I did not love Age of Adeline I'll be honest but uh, your point is well taken also there's another good romance movie called Green Lantern that she is in but uh, that that is neither here nor there <laughs> It's a weird. It's a weird. a weird statement. Age Adeline is great if you like if you like romance movies and you're not a a single twenties man. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I would agree with that. Yeah, so, that works. I would not assume. I don't think when they marketed Age of Adeline, they're like, you know what, Sawyer's gonna love this. Yeah, <laughs> and I don't know that a man who thinks forty seven meters down is a bad oh movie God. is going to enjoy this masterpiece of film. So the Green Lantern is a romance. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> hey, they kiss in it and they're married in real life now. Okay. Yeah. It is a That's tragedy fair. that he is more famous than her. So um let's uh get into this movie is about Blake Lively, 
uh, is a medical student uh, who is giving up on medical school. She has decided she's not going to go back. It, is, it, is it revealed that her mom is a nurse? Is that part of the re- or her mom was a nurse? Her mom has passed away from cancer, I believe. Yes. Right. Because that's part of her problem is she says at one point to her dad, which I think, once again, just thematically works, is she, it's not worth it to fight because she fought and she lost. Yeah. She fought so hard. She lost anyway. What's the point in doing hard things? What's the point in fighting if you may lose anyway? And so she goes off. She's going to be I think done she with even the- makes like a reference to like she can't you can't save people. And so, like, yes. yeah, it's like. If yeah. I couldn't, if I couldn't fix this, then what's the point if I'm going into it knowing that like some situations just can't be right. changed? Yeah. So she, she's really set up. I'm at a place I'm ready to kind of give up and not like give up on life, but give up on being a fighter, giving up on being someone who's going to help other people. I just, I kind of want to cocoon myself, seclude myself and, and just kind of coast through the rest of my life. But then obviously she gets herself into a situation with this shark where she has to decide, uh, I'm going to have to fight if I'm going to live. Uh, and I think for parents with, with children, especially I'll say with teenagers, when they're getting to a place where they're, they're getting closer to going off to college or moving out of the house or kind of starting their life, being able to teach them that perseverance matters, that you can't do anything that matters in this life if you're not willing to fight through pain, hardship, fear uh, to get to something. And especially, and this is the part we want to get to is following Jesus. And you see the New Testament writers talk about this all the time. Uh, often the word that we have translated as patience, even the fruit of the spirit, patience, we think of as like um, not losing your mind when you're in traffic. But that's not what patience means. Patience is often translated as forbearance or perseverance it's learning how to push through difficult things in their case it was persecution in our case with our children it's it's a thousand things maybe i feel like i'm gonna miss out on things maybe i feel like uh you know showing up to church every sunday or being in a small group or serving or any of the things that we do that's so much effort it's not worth it you know any of the things that require perseverance and following jesus uh, is it worth it? And this movie gives us a chance to really help instill in our kids. Perseverance is always worth it. So Donnie, why don't you start us off just by talking about this idea and how this movie, what is it in this movie you think gives your kids a chance to really talk, to talk to your kids about perseverance? Yeah, I think, um, especially like when you watch her story kind of unfold, like with her having all of these, like, traumatic moments actually i mean like you know in her life that she's already experienced it i think she's like she's very what late into her college years or is it like mid-college years before she drops out well you know she's already in medical school so i think the idea we're supposed to think is she's at least in her mid-20s you know she's Mm -hmm. probably gotten through um she's gotten through you know whatever university and now she's in medical school and far enough along that that her deciding to quit would be a big deal so I imagine her as being maybe 24, 25. So yeah. that, that's kind of where I see her. Okay. Yeah. Cause like, I, I just look at the fact that like, she's lost her mom. Like, it seems like she has a decent relationship with her family, but it seems like it's very, it's very difficult to connect with them. Um, and maybe it's because of the grief and the, the tragedy of uh, losing her mom, but like watching her decide that 
she's going to go to these things. Like, of course, there's the dangers of, you know, getting in the car with the, the stranger and all that stuff. But like the idea of going into an area, you know, the ocean, doing what she loves yeah. and trying to just continue on in life, enjoying what still what she still enjoys. Because I'm sure there are things that she doesn't enjoy as much, you know, due to mm-hmm. the tragedies and things that have happened. But like, it just shows that when when life hands you some really bad circumstances, you you can choose to kind of, you know, to like sit on the rock, so to speak, and just yeah. stay there. Or you can kind of swim a little bit more and find, you know, find opportunities to to grow and to challenge yourself. Well, and I think you brought up the rocket. Uh, she ends up so. Uh, what happens is she's out surfing. She finds a uh, a a dead whale that is being eaten, um, and it turns out it's because that's the feeding ground of this shark. And I guess we're supposed to assume because it's a secluded beach and people aren't there, the sharks have moved closer to the beach. I'm assuming that's what 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 is part of that reasoning. But anyway, the shark then encounters her and actually bites her. Um, and so now he has a taste for her blood. He's coming after her. She makes it to this rock that, um, there's a reef, like coral reef that's around it. Um, and I think the men she meets at the beginning, they tell her, I think that's how she knows. But during low tide, the rock is revealed. But when the tide comes back in, the, the, the rock is going to get swallowed up. And so she ends up living on this rock and ends up kind of, staying there but realizes i can't stay here forever and i remember thinking as i watched it this rock is her salvation it has saved her this kind of resting place has saved her but it also is a prison because she can't get off there and she at some point is going to have to get off there or she will die and what it made me think of was one for her in the case of this movie that's kind of what her grief has become for her it has become a safety that i can kind of I can just live here in this bubble where I don't have to deal with it, right? But at the same time, and never move towards acceptance, which would be getting to the buoy at the end and kind of getting to true safety, like moving to there. And there's a place where this grief that I live in, it is necessary, right? Like it's necessary that when that when I go through this, that I need that rock. I need that b- breathing place. But at some point, I'm going to have to move. And I think about kids and teenagers who go out into real life and they've kind of been in this bubble their whole life. And then suddenly life just hits them upside the head. And you see this happen with so many teenagers. Then I just want to retreat into what I've always known and not want to move forward. And I see this with adults when it comes to their faith, right? I have this strong faith. I'm serving. I'm in small group. I'm, I'm active in my church. I'm investing in people. And then life hits me upside the head and I drop out of everything. Mm-hmm. And I want to kind of retreat to what I've always known uh, and what feels safe. But what we know is in terms of faith, that is not a place to live. That is a place to rest for a moment, maybe. Uh, so, Heidi, it looks like you're wanting to say something. Is there something you want to Yeah, to I was just thinking, like, uh, it's kind of um, interesting. Like, as you guys were talking, I was thinking about how, like, she goes out there. She's kind of avoiding, like you said, perseverance. And then she finds herself in this situation and she has no choice but to persevere. And I think that a lot of times like with our, that's kind of that moment where we 
our faith is either challenged and grows or it goes away. Like you were talking about, you know, yeah, it and, dies. And, yeah. Yeah. Ta- you know, the, the sower and the seeds like that's, those are those kind of moments where you define like how deep those roots go. And when you're, when you're faced with something and then you have no choice or you see it as you have no choice, but to persevere, then you're doing the right thing. Even if you are not sure of what the right thing is, you're not, you have, your attitude isn't right or something like that. Like I I remember um, a mentor of mine just saying like, it's okay if your attitude isn't where it needs to be, but keep doing the right thing. And you'll, you'll see all the rest of it continue to, to line up, do what you know, Jesus would call you to do. And so I think that's kind of like a, another um, aspect like that, that this kind of relates to that, how, how we can get stuck or how we can shut down and decide to just not, not continue. But well, and I think I think to the point you make there, Heidi, which is huge, is so often when I see people in that place of faith where life has hit them, and whether it be teenagers, whether it be adults, and they kind of lose their faith, their faith goes away and dies. What I often hear from people say is, I guess my faith wasn't that strong. But, you know, yeah. that's not really what the Bible says. The Bible doesn't say, oh, your faith was weak. The Bible talks about you did not have perseverance, that mm-hmm. you may have you may have trusted in Jesus, but then you did not have the stick to itness. You did not have the grit, the mental toughness that was required. And so I watch a lot of teenagers, and this is why I felt like this movie is really important, who just struggle in their faith, but they struggle in life. And it's not because they don't love Jesus. It's not because they don't care. It's because their trust in Jesus uh, was undercut by their lack of perseverance. And so I think, oh, go ahead, Sawyer, what were you going to well, say? Well, I was kind of to everything that you guys have all kind of said. I think in terms of storytelling, what works best for me in this movie is that the movie isn't about this perseverant woman achieving, like overcoming a difficulty. It's about a non-persevering woman who learns to persevere. Large portions of this movie are literally her sitting on a rock, okay? Just yeah. like terrified and like, not like petrified by her fear, not able to do anything. And the movie is about her learning to stop letting her fear control her actions is the thing. And yeah. like, I, I think what legitimately like works best about the, the, the storytelling in this movie is just, it's, it's not like this isn't Indiana Jones or Han Solo where they're like, you know, they're like, yeah, I don't know what I'm going to do, but it's going to work and stuff like that. Like, she's not like this fully formed hero type who's going to like, just like overcome the shark. It It's very relatable and very humid in that if I was in that situation, I, and like Heidi said it, it'd be like, take me Lord, whatever. I, this is not worth the energy that it's going to take to get me through this is the thing. Um, yeah. And, and I think, I think that's a very relatable thing that, that is that you can have good conversations with your kid about. Well, and I think what's really important is, you know, I, so there's a scene in this movie we've already referenced where pretty early on, she gets bitten on the leg, uh, kind of like in the thigh muscle by the shark and she is bleeding out. There's a pretty big tear and she realizes I've got to stitch this together. And all she has is this like necklace that's got this clip on it. She got the chain and she's going to use the, um, 
you know, the kind of needle point of the necklace mm-hmm. to kind of cut through, but then she's going to clip it together. And it's a little gruesome, as Sawyer said. There's, you know, it's it, blood's an issue for you. That may be a little gruesome. My kids are watching it. And they said to me at one point, why would she do that to herself? Why would she do that? And I said, because if she doesn't, she will die. If she does, and yes, it's painful. And yes, it's difficult. But if she doesn't, she will die. And I remember one of my kids going, I guess I'd just be dead then. Like, <laughs> I can't make myself, you know. And being able to have that conversation of, and so I said to him, I said, there are things you do in life. And I'm able to talk to my kids about little things. And I want to get to this in a moment. But I'm able to talk to my kids about little things. You know, this is why the other day when I told you, hey, you and your sisters are playing in your room. If you don't clean up, you can't come down and be a part of this. And you chose not to clean up because you thought it would take too long to clean up. And then you missed out on ice cream. You know, and that's a very kid-like example, but that's the same thing. You did not want to push through the difficulty, the boredom of cleaning your room, and you didn't get the reward of the ice cream. And that's the pro- That's part of this. And so here's what I want to say about perseverance, which I think is huge. James 1, James, the brother of Jesus, actually talks about this when he writes a letter to a church that is under persecution. He says in James 1, 2, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials, shork attacks of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. So let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. And here's why I brought this part up. I think it's huge. James does not say, let your faith finish its work. Let your trust in Jesus finish its work. It's the perseverance that will perfect your faith. And this is the part I think we miss so often. I, I will just say this, as a very affluent society, and especially at our church in Coweta County, we are incredibly affluent. Even if you personally don't have a lot of money, you have a lot of access to the things that people have access to. We tend to think of faith as this little character trait that I can just Okay, I gave them that little nugget of faith and that'll carry them far enough. I gave them a little bit of morals and that'll carry them far enough. But what James seems to say, what the brother of Jesus says is, you need perseverance to perfect your faith Mm -hmm. because you're going to go through things that will be so difficult that if you do not have the mental toughness to stick with the difficult things, your faith will fall apart. And something that does matter to you, maybe you really did love Jesus, you drop it because it just got too difficult. And maybe you really did love your spouse and it just got too difficult. It just got too difficult and the marriage went away. Or maybe you really did love that job, but you just couldn't push through it. And there's so many things in life. So I want to talk about beyond the conversations. How do we help our children, our teenagers develop it? We've been saying this on the last couple of podcasts. Conversations aren't enough. Practice makes perfect. And it really is teaching them to practice. So I gave one example. One really important thing in our house is uh, I need to make sure someone is crying at all times. And (laughs) here's what I mean. I intentionally putting my kids in situations that are difficult for them and and leaving them to kind of figure it out. So yesterday, I'll just give one. This is from yesterday. We have a compost bin outside. It's like a little compost house. And one of our chores every day is you got to go outside 
you got to put the stuff in the composter. Uh, you know, we have cook eggs every morning. So you got to put the eggshells in the composter. You got to put, we will, we, we kind of meal prep. So I've got carrots and, uh, you know, onions, all this kind of gross stuff you got to go put in the thing. Well, inevitably, like in most composters, there are slugs that are growing, you know, kind of living on the inside of it. And one of my daughters goes out and she's trying to barely lift it up so she can get the things in without having to touch a thing. And the lid falls off and she is trying to figure out how do I get this lid back on? And breakfast is cooking in the thing. We're letting our, uh, our our girls watch a movie because they're done with their chores. They're watching a movie. And she is outside for about 15 minutes struggling to put this lid back on. And there's something in me and dad going, you know what a good dad would do? He would go out there and help her. Yeah, yeah, he would go out and help her. But what I chose to do was say, I'm going to leave you out there because I know she can get it back on. She just can't do it without touching a slug. And she's going to have to touch a slug. So I leave her out there. She finally comes back inside. She gets it in and she goes, Daddy, that was really tough. And I said, yeah, I know it was tough. And I said, but I knew you could do it. I knew if you stuck with it, you could do it. And now you know you can do it. I always knew you could do it. But if I come in and rescue you from the problem, you will never know you can do it. And I think there's a huge part of us as parents as allowing our kids to be and almost manufacturing <laughs> difficult situations for them to persevere through because that's where that confidence comes from. Has anyone else ever experienced that maybe as a parent or maybe even when you were a kid that sometimes the greatest confidence you grew in was when you went through something difficult? Heidi? My, uh, oh, yeah. Go ahead. My, oh, go ahead, sorry. Uh, well, my, so my dad, so like Missouri is very different from Georgia and uh, it gets cold in the winters. And uh, we had, uh, we had a fireplace that we used regularly just to, uh, to heat our house. Um, we didn't have a big house, so it wasn't that hard. And so if we just kept the fire going all day long, it would on its own heat 60% of the house. So like we didn't, we would like not turn on the heater occasionally. And if it was, if it wasn't too cold, we wouldn't even turn on the heater and we would just use the fireplace. That means that we had to split and stack a lot of wood. And I'll never forget a day in like, October. It's like a brisk fall, like fall afternoon. I've just gotten out of school and my dad had taken the day off to split wood and have, and then have my brothers and I stack it. And, uh, at, at the time I was like, I hate this. Like I hate it so much. And like, I, I never expressed that because I was like, at the very least I get to hang out with my dad, which I thought was cool. But this time he was like, Nope, you can do it on your own. Like it's no big deal. Like you're just going to stack some wood. And I was furious about it because i was like this is gonna take me like four hours and stuff like that and uh it took me like i don't know an hour and a half with my brother and uh it was just, it was a good learning moment of of kind of yeah what you're talking about nathan a little bit of confidence that i i didn't know i could have so yeah heidi you were gonna say something oh yeah i was just gonna say like that that type of situation where your kid is struggling. Like if you go in and and this is my tendency, like a lot as a mom. And so that's why I kind of want to call it out. Um, is like, I, I hate seeing my baby struggle, but when, when they go through that, like you said, that, that provides something that I cannot manufacture in them and that's confidence. And so that is, that's the thing that I feel like has to be like our motivator when we go into those moments where our kid is like, 
this is so hard. I can't do this. And they're like, literally like crying out for help. And we say, okay, like, let's troubleshoot this. Let's, you know, and you offer support, but you don't resolve it for them. And like you said, that was a perfect example because, you know, she didn't involve you. And so you got to be a part of the situation, but she didn't even know you were a part because you were just, you know, you were just observing. But yeah, I think that's the thing that I kind of wanted to like touch back on was that confidence. And I think there's so much that, um, you know, that we can teach our kids that we can focus on, but that confidence and then connecting the confidence to Christ and knowing that it's intrinsic, you know, it's, it's something that is innate in them, that they, they were born with it, you know, and that we just have to develop it. But it, you know, again, like I said, it's not something that we can manufacture in them. It's something that we have to, we have to allow perseverance to, to build up in them. And that, you know, like you were talking about in James as well. Well, and I think there's a huge part of this, which is not only their skill, um, but relational perseverance. Um, This is why I try not to solve problems for my kids interpersonally with their sisters. Um, And there's a lot of, okay, y'all just got to figure it out. Y'all got to figure it out. And she may be totally wrong and she may have done something wrong. And you think I should step in and have a discipline, you know, or consequence or something for that. Y'all have got to work this out. Yeah. Y'all have got to work this out. What were you going to say, Donnie? Well, I was thinking about a scenario where, um, like when they were, the kids were getting ready for bath and everything, you know, they, as most kids are, they have like every so often they have the moment where they both want to go first or they want like, they want to get it done and over with. And so they were getting upset and they were kind of getting like irritable with one another. And I said, okay, here's what I want y'all to do. Y'all are going to sit in here. I'm going to give y'all a few minutes to figure this out. Y'all are going to figure out how you all are going to solve this problem. Cause one, cause both of you can't go first. Y'all got to figure this out. And I remember just watching them from afar, them just like literally having a dialogue and like compromising. And then when I come back, they go, all right, we figured it out. So such and such is going to go first. And then I'm going to do this. And I'm just going, if I would have just solved that and said, okay, look, such and such is going first. And then you just need to do this. I wouldn't have been giving them the opportunity to know that they can they can figure solutions out without mom and dad around to yeah. always just decide for them because deciding for them doesn't necessarily like what Heidi was saying get build the confidence like it doesn't give them the confidence that hey I know I can make a good decision on my own you know yeah. it it tells them if I don't know what to do I'm not going to take the time to figure it out or try to I'm just going to go to go to someone else to do the decision making for me. So I want to throw a couple other things in and we need to kind of wrap up for our time. But if you've got teenagers, um, here are a few things. One, they need to get a job and uh, they just need to get a job. Jobs teach perseverance in a way that school doesn't. Uh, I know I know it feels like school teaches perseverance, but here's what you may not know that I've learned from having people close to me in the school system. Uh, your kid's probably going to graduate because they really like having federal money come in. And uh, every kid's probably going to, I mean, if they just if they just stay in the class, they're probably going to graduate. And they kind of know, like, they always seem to pass me, even if I don't do a lot of work. But when you show up at a job and you don't show up on time, or they tell you to go and clean this room and you don't yep. go clean it the way you're supposed to, you're done. 
They mm-hmm. have they have a way to to do that for you. Here's another thing: if you want to keep them just focused on school, you don't talk to their teachers for them. They talk to their teachers once they're in middle and high school. They've got a problem with something. They go and talk to the teachers, not mom and dad to the rescue. I can't tell you how many times as a youth minister, but also as an employer, I would have I would have parents come talk to me about things. And I would say, you're you don't work for me. Your child does. He needs to come talk to me. I don't write his paycheck out to you. So if he's got a problem, he needs to come talk to me. Uh, and Nathan, have you gotten any phone calls from Judy or, or something by any chance that I don't know about? Is there from who? From Judy, my mom. Judy, he just says it like you guys are already friends, uh, first name basis. That's, right. that's what it is. That's what it is. Claire, no. I want to meet Judy. She sounds amazing. <laughs> yeah, that sounds. She put up with you. She's wonderful. So. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, uh, but no, seriously, like having these abilities, that develops perseverance. Uh, so I, I think the more that we can help our kids do difficult things, it helps them to learn that they can and that uh, that they can eventually develop this and it will help them perfect their faith because faith will get rocky because life gets rocky. And we have to develop a perseverance. And all that it takes is just sticking there they don't even have to have the solution to the problem. They have to just stay there until the problem is done. They have to just stay in it until it's done before that shork comes to get them. So we're going to end there. Uh, thank you guys for joining us. As always, we hope you guys have a great conversation about this movie. And whether you watch the movie or not, you just have great conversations and help your kids develop perseverance and help them to love Jesus and his way of life even more. We'll see you guys next time.